3: Good morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, September 29th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show...
4: It was said by Republicans and Democrats alike earlier, this is a game-changer.
3: The governor joins President Trump in announcing a plan to allocate 150 million rapid point-of-care tests. Then the two main ca- candidates for president square off in the season's first debate. We hear perspectives from supporters on both sides of the contest. Plus, the IRS is reaching out to over 80,000 Mississippians as part of a CARES Act relief program. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The White House is rolling out a plan to allocate 150 million rapid point-of-care coronavirus tests in an effort to help states reopen schools and businesses. President Trump announced the plan yesterday with members of the White House task force. Admiral Brett Drowa says the rapid test was developed so that no laboratory instrument is required and results are available in 15 minutes.
0: On August 27th, after months of planning and only after one day after the FDA authorization, the Trump administration awarded a contract for $760 million to Abbott for the delivery of 150 million of these Abbott BinaxNOW rapid tests. The BinaxNOW detects the presence of the COVID antigen. It uses a specific nasal swab, and that oops, that swab comes with the test, and it's made by Puritan. It does not require an instrument to determine the result. It's it's in 15 minutes the result. Testing may be performed by laboratories with a clear certificate of waiver. This is not a home test. But during the health emergency, sema verma and CMS permits laboratories to extend their certificate to operate in temporary sites like schools or churches or parking lots. So though we anticipate that the test will generally be performed by a trained individual on a patient, this is not the deep brain biopsy that we talk about. Uh, this will generally be done by a health care provider, but it can be done supervised. It's this easy.
3: A hundred million of the tests will be allocated to the states. Governor Tate Reeves in attendance at the White House says the distribution of the rapid tests in Mississippi will hopefully expand the number of students participating in on-campus learning.
4: Uh, this is, it was said by Republicans and Democrats alike earlier, this is a game changer. Uh, in our state of Mississippi our K through 12 schools have been open for nine weeks Uh, our institutions of higher learning have been open for about the same but while we have testing available now at least once a week in every county of our state what this allocation is going to allow for us is we will have testing available for our K through 12 teachers every single day going forward and the thing that we know is that kids learn, and Secretary DeVos knows this so well, kids learn so much better when they're in the classroom than when they're doing distance learning or a hybrid. And while we have 75 to 80 percent of our kids back in the classroom, we want to get 100 percent of our kids back in the classroom. It is also critically important, Mr. President, your decision to allocate on the front end to the historically black colleges and universities means the world to Mississippi. Our larger institutions have the financial resources to provide testing, but in Mississippi with Jackson State University and Alcorn Alcorn State University and Mississippi Valley State University, three of our eight institutions of higher learning will get an allocation of these tests, and it's going to make a difference, and kids all across our state are going to be better served because of it, and I want to personally thank you
3: Admiral Giroir says the, ca- the task force is already working with governors and health care providers to get the first round of tests distributed.
0: This is a very sophisticated little piece of cardboard with lots of antibodies and incredible technology into that. We've already shipped 65,000 of these to disaster operations in California, Oregon, Texas, and Louisiana, and we have already shipped 2.1 million tests to 7,600 nursing homes, Over 900,000 tests to assisted living, 300,000 tests to the Indian Health Service, and 339,000 tests to historically black colleges and universities. Today, we start the shipment of 100 million tests to governors, beginning with a total of 6.5 million tests this week, to be shipped this week. This is an addition to the continuing support to other priorities like nursing homes. Allocation to states and territories is based strictly on their relative population. Governors have the flexibility to use these tests as they deem fit, but we strongly encourage governors to utilize them in settings that are uniquely in need of rapid, low-tech, point-of-care tests like opening and keeping open our K-12 schools, supporting critical infrastructure and first responders, responding to outbreaks specifically in certain demographics or locations, and screening of surveillance in congregate settings. Mr. President, we just completed a briefing to the governors and their state health officials from the sit room, and we heard words like game changer for their states.
3: Fifty million tests are being allocated to vulnerable communities, including those in nursing homes, hospice, and assisted living facilities. Nearly a million tests will be available to historically black colleges and universities and tribal nation schools. Coming up, the two main candidates for president square off in the season's first debate. We hear perspectives from supporters on both sides of the contest. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippians will be among the millions watching tonight's presidential debate between President Donald Trump and former Vice President Joe Biden. The two will square off in Cleveland, Ohio, for the first of three scheduled debates. Republican strategist Henry Barber says President Trump stands to gain supporters in Mississippi from this debate. He tells our Kobe Vance the first hour could set the tone for the remainder of the race.
1: I do think this, that arguably the first hour of the presidential debate tomorrow night is the most important hour left in this presidential campaign. Uh, I think it's really critical uh, for both candidates, uh, both President Trump, as well as uh, former Vice President Joe Biden. Um, and I think it could help define you know the next month of this campaign as we uh, move towards November 3rd.
5: Now, as far as what the debate looks like, um, what do you think it's going to look like? Is it going to be a, a... Do you think it's going to remain strictly on policy, looking at you know how things are done and their, what their goals are for the future? Or do you think it's going to uh, turn into a verbal boxing match like we see on Twitter so often?
1: Well, I, I, it certainly it, there, there are lots of issues, um, policy issues where I, I think both uh, candidates will contrast with their opponent. I'd, certainly uh, for President Trump, uh, I, mean, I think he'll talk a lot about continuing the economic recovery that the country is going through right now. Um, you know, in August, it's the fourth largest job gains in American history. 10 million jobs added in the last four months. Uh, I think he'll talk about things that he's done while in office. I think he'll make contrast with uh, Vice President Biden that he's been in D.C. for 47 years and what is he accomplished in that time. Um, I think those are sorts of things that you'll hear from the president. Obviously, he'll also talk about uh, his Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Vice President Biden um, needs to demonstrate to Americans that he's still got game and that he is able to to get in to a a tough debate and hold his own. And, uh, you know, I think that's a Really, he has a lower threshold, I think, for success in this debate than the president does, um, because of expectations. Um, but I think the vice president does need to demonstrate that he's on top of issues and he can speak from the top of his head, as opposed to just you know reading uh, responses.
5: And when it comes to uh, you know the debate, uh, what does President Trump have to gain or lose in this debate? You know um, it would he does he stand to to just either maintain his crowd or does he does he have a chance to to grow his uh, supporters through this or think, is he just trying to hold on to what he's got?
1: I think Biden is more in the position of trying to hold on to what he has I, I think um President Trump needs to continue to to gain ground and I do think in the last several weeks uh in large part because of public safety issues and sort of to fund the police. Movement that was going on around the country, I think more and more people have moved towards the president. Uh, but the president needs to continue to make up ground, particularly in states like Florida, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Pennsylvania. Um, and I think it's these middle ground issues like public safety, uh, uh, securing our border, supporting the police, uh, but giving public safety to all you know, Americans. Um Are the sorts of things that I think the President needs to connect with uh the American people on the debate, and I think you know to some extent it's he needs, he needs Biden to you know have a few moments when it just doesn't look like he's his old self
5: what would you like what would you like to hear from this what should what would Mississippians like to hear from this um to be able to um make their decisions when they go to the polls in November?
1: You know, I'm, I'm not sure that Mississippians uh, necessarily are looking for anything different than, you know, people from Ohio or Pennsylvania or, you know, wherever. Um, I, think, I think most Americans uh, want to see which candidate is going to provide the strongest economic recovery, who is going to keep the country on a secure path, with regards to public safety, um, continuing to have energy independence in the country. Um, and I and I think, you know, strong health care um, for Americans. Uh, I think those are just the core issues uh along with, you know, national security and being tough on China. Um, I think those are core issues that you know people care about, whether they're from Mississippi or Alabama or New Mexico or wherever.
3: Henry Barber is a Republican strategist. For many Mississippi supporters of Biden, health care is a central issue. Pam Johnson is a co-coordinator with Mississippi Women for Joe Biden. She says the former vice president will not be intimidated by the president's tactics and will hold him to account for weak federal response to the coronavirus pandemic.
6: I do think it's going to be different. Um, I believe that Vice President Biden will likely... Uh, be a little more of an intimidating figure to uh, the current office holder than um, Secretary Clinton was.
5: As far as um, policies go, uh, what would you like to see happen in the debate? Is there anything that Mississippians should be listening for?
6: I think Mississippians should be listening for Vice President Biden's ideas on health care in Mississippi. As you know, there is a court case in front of uh, the Supreme Court that could potentially take away health care from the Mississippians who are uh, receiving their insurance through um, the Affordable Care Act. And it's just, you know, incredible right now to think that someone is trying to destroy that in the middle of a pandemic. But that, of course, is what is going on. And I think that Mississippians uh, are especially interested in making sure that they have secure health care provided to them. And Vice President Biden has said repeatedly that this is um, something that he intends to make sure happens, that folks are able to receive health care through affordable insurance policies.
5: Yeah. Staying on the topic of, um, you know, health care, you know, we've been going through the coronavirus pandemic for months now. Do you think that's going to be a large dominating factor in this campaign as far as topics go?
6: Um, I think it will be. I think it should be. I think, um, you know, we passed 200,000 Americans who have died since the numbers started being kept, what, about seven months ago. And, it is an important um, and scary, terrifying situation that we find ourselves in. Um, and it's due in large part for the inability, from the inability of this administration to handle the circumstances. We have seen a uh, basic collapsing of the usual um, agencies that handle these things. We've seen folks resigning. We've seen people you know, throwing their hands up. We've witnessed untruths being told to the American public about the actual danger of this virus early on, so that there was a lot of you know, partisan bickering back and forth about whether masks should be worn and, you know, all kinds of things um, that were, I believe, a direct result from the lack of leadership. So, yes, I do believe that that ought to be a topic. And I think that listeners will be very well pleased with what they hear from Vice President Biden um, and his intent to restore um, the health, the federal health care Agencies, so that so they can do their jobs and not be meddled with.
5: When it comes to discussing policy in general at all, um, do you think that they're they're going to really focus on that um, like f- policy changes and uh, hopes and promises for if they t- if they do take office, or do you think this might just turn into a verbal boxing match of insults and uh, sl- slight jabs at the other character?
6: I think most people in this country recognize that um, the sitting president mode of communication is is less than um, one would expect. He does resort to bullying. He resorts to name calling. He resorts to making fun of people. We've all seen this. There's too many important things that need to be gotten out to the American people and to the people of Mississippi right now. And I, I think that At every opportunity, Vice President Biden will stick to his ideas and make sure that whatever um, the topic is, uh, the real topic is, is that he's able to express himself in a way that uh, the American people will understand and appreciate.
3: The most recent Millsap's Chisholm State of the State poll has Trump leading Biden 50 to 41 percent in Mississippi. For more on this and other election 2020 news, visit mpbonline.org slash election. Coming up, the IRS is reaching out to over 80,000 Mississippians as part of a CARES Act relief program. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
6: Hi, I'm Chris Boyd, host of Think, a call in program coming to MPB Think Radio starting Monday, October 5th. Each day I sit down with scientists, politicians, artists, and authors from around the globe for an in depth conversation. Join me as we learn something new and take a moment to think. That's Think, starting Monday, October 5th. Coming to you weeknights at 10 on MPB Think
1: Radio.
3: This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. The IRS is sending special letters to several thousand Mississippians who could be eligible to receive coronavirus stimulus money. These 86,000 Mississippians, whom the IRS deems hard to reach, have not filed a tax return recently and could be eligible for an economic impact payment. IRS spokesperson Michael Devine tells our Kobe Vance, many of the residents who have not filed yet may not know the program exists.
2: Economic impact payments are part of the CARES Act. And the IRS has uh, been working uh, all year uh, and very hard this summer to make sure that everyone who is eligible for one of these payments actually uh, talks to the IRS, lets us know who you are, verify your eligibility so that you can get that payment. And we started mailing letters uh, in Mississippi to uh, about 86,700 people who are kind of hard to reach. Um, English may Mm -hmm. not be their first language, they may be down on their luck, for whatever reason, um, they haven't registered with the IRS. They haven't filed a tax return for a couple of years, probably because they don't make enough to be required to file that tax return. But they they would be eligible for the uh, economic impact payment, and we know who they are uh, because we receive information, you know, forms W two and ten ninety nines, and other third party statements that tell us. You know, these people have some kind of income. And so that's how we identify them. And then we are sending letters. It's really important to remember the IRS isn't going to call someone. They're not going to email someone. They're not going to contact them on social media. Uh, We are going to send a letter to that person. It will come through the mail. Uh, We are also working with uh, organizations that normally have contact with people that we have trouble Reaching so that they can talk to them and and help them report uh, their information that we need to the IRS uh, so that uh, we can get them the payments if they're eligible.
5: Could you talk about uh, what makes somebody hard to contact and uh, how does Mississippi compare? You know, eighty six thousand sounds like a lot. Is that a lot compared to other states?
2: Uh, eighty six thousand is the perfect number for Mississippi. Uh, the bigger the state, the more people they have. Uh, that, you know, the, the number is pretty much, you know, they, they go from very, very high to very, very low, depending on the number of people in the state. And they could be uh, English isn't their primary language. Uh, they could be retired and they don't have the Internet. Uh, they may be homeless. Uh, we don't know why uh, they haven't contacted us. But uh, we just want to make sure that all of these people who are eligible to receive this economic impact payment Uh, give us their information so they can get it before the end of the year. Uh, If they don't do that, they're going to have to file a tax return next year, and that would go the same for anyone who received the payment, but they didn't get what they thought they should have received. So on their 2020 tax return, they can reconcile that amount, and they would get anything they actually are eligible for.
5: And now you touched on this a little bit earlier, but you know a lot of people are a, a bit if a bit concerned whenever they get or receive an, a letter from the IRS. Um, can you talk about the um, legitimacy? How can people know that, like, okay, this is something that I need to take seriously? This is not just a scam or uh, somebody trying to get something from me.
2: Uh, anytime you're contacted from someone who wants your information, you should be a bit skeptical. The letters that come from the IRS are going to be very clear. We've actually got a copy of this. And it, it's when I say letter, it's actually the official IRS term. It's a notice. It's notice 1444A. Uh, it's in both English and Spanish. And uh, you can see one on our website. We have it posted there so you can see what it actually looks like. But if you do get a letter in the mail from the IRS, anytime you do, please open it. Uh, it's not always bad news. Sometimes we're telling you that you made an error on your tax return, and it uh, means you're going to get a bigger refund. Uh, but in this case, this letter is telling you that we think you are eligible for uh, an economic impact payment, and you need to tell us you know, your information so we can verify that eligibility. And so we just want everybody who, who is eligible for one of these payments to tell us who they are, and then if they're eligible, we're going to give them the money that they're eligible
5: to get. And so the economic uh, – the non-filers uh, payment tool online, um, how can people find that, and uh, what does that look like?
2: If you go to irs.gov, and it's very important to use the GOV at the end, right at the top of our webpage on the right-hand side, there's, there's little blocks, and it says non-filers, enter payment info here. And again, these are people who didn't file a tax return and have not already registered. And there's about 7 million people that have already registered using this non-filer tool so that they could get their economic impact payment. And we just want to reach out to, to those last you know, uh, people, uh, make sure that they, they know about it and they know how to do it. But if they do have any questions, all that information and a lot more is on our website at
5: IRS.gov. Is there anything else that we might have t- not have touched on that you feel is important for people to understand about this program?
2: This is a, a great program. It's helped a lot of people. Uh, we have uh, issued about 160 million payments uh, worth billions and billions of dollars. So if you, if you think you're eligible because you, but you haven't got your payment yet, you need to go to IRS.gov or contact a local agency that you work with and ask them for help. Uh, If you're eligible for it, we want you to get it, Um, but getting one of these letters doesn't guarantee your eligibility. It only tells you that there's a, a way for you to register with the IRS, but if you are eligible, you will get your money before the end of the year.
3: Michael Devine is a spokesperson for the IRS. Outside organizations like Good Samaritan are helping families and individuals apply for the government assistance. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.